This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. Well, I told you you are in for a treat today, and here's the reason you are in for a treat. You get to hear from a man who has profoundly impacted my life. The imprint of his life is felt all throughout our church. Uh, Pastor Randy and his wife Amy Bazette started an incredible church 20 years ago. In fact, next Sunday, their church celebrates their 20th anniversary from when they started. Unbelievable. It's called Bayside Community Church over in Bradenton, one of the most beautiful, vibrant, healthy churches in America. If it's not the largest church in Florida, I don't know what is. And it is certainly the most influential church really on this side of the country. God has used them in incredible ways. He told me this before he spoke this morning and it floored me that because they're doing their 20th anniversary, they've been adding up all the numbers over the last few years of what God's done in their church. In their 20 years of existence, they've counted over 85,000 people who've made the decision to follow Jesus. Come on, somebody, come on. Heaven is going to be a little more crowded and the gates of hell a little more plundered because of this man. You are in for a treat. He's one of my pastors. Everybody needs a pastor in their life. And you're gonna learn today that I'm learning from one of the best. Will you do me a favor and do me the honor, put your hands together and welcome Pastor Randy Bazette, everybody. I love you, man. I love you. Thank you, buddy. All right, come on, y'all give Jesus some big old praise because he's the one that really deserves it all. Yeah. Won't you guys take a moment, high five somebody beside you and tell them I'm glad you're here because you need it. Come on, if you know they need it, tell it. How many of y'all sitting by somebody you really know they needed it? Come on, they, they need some Jesus today. Anybody need a little Jesus in this place today? All right. Well, you came to the right place and yes, you're here on a holiday weekend. What? Holy people, man, you guys are doing a great job. You guys have great leadership. I don't know if you've ever heard of John Maxwell. Anybody ever heard of John Maxwell? He's a, he's a pretty big deal in the leadership. You guys raise your hands in this church? Let me see. Raise your hand like this if you raise your hands in church. Okay. It's not just for praise. It's when the pastor says, how many of you, you kind of, it's what you do. All right. So uh, Maxwell, John Maxwell says that everything rises and falls on leadership. That's true in a church. That's true in a country. It's true in a business. It's true in a family. When you see a great family, you see a great organization, you, you see something great, you know that there has to be great leadership. On the converse, if you see something not doing so well, you also can point to leadership. Why do I tell you that? Because this church is doing incredible things. Uh, they moved into this building earlier this year. Uh, what an incredible, it was last year. God, was that long ago now? Golly, I drove over, I skipped church at Bayside last year when you guys moved in here and I wanted to come and celebrate. And since then, in all the growth and adding a fourth service, it's because this is a great church. How many of you think this is a great church? Give God some praise. But it's a great church, yes, because of Jesus, but he uses people and you have great leaders. And I think Access Church, you ought to stand on your feet. You ought to show some honor to your leadership, your pastors, Jason and Liz. Come on, Access, show some honor to your leaders. Yeah, incredible. So I'm, I'm honored to be here today. My name is Randy and I pastor Bayside Community Church and we're in the Bradenton, Sarasota. We have nine locations, Sarasota, Manatee, Hillsborough and Hardy County. And uh, so I'm real honored to be here with you. I've known your pastors for 
uh, well, right after I started the church is when I got introduced to them and I've always admired them as leaders and what God is doing here. And so I'm very thankful to be here. I wanna take a moment before I get into the word and I would love to introduce my family. And so if you guys would put this picture up here of my family, yeah. Okay, the finest woman in the photo is my wife, Amy. Come on, y'all see her there. Uh, she's just to the right, your right, of the bride. We've been married for 29 years. Y'all give my wife some praise because I'm extra. And, and so she, she's incredible, 29 years. Our son there that is the groom, that's our second son named Connor. Him and his wife, Brooke, got married a year ago. All the way to the right is our oldest son, Jordan. That's his wife, Sable. They've been married for three and a half years. They will be giving me my first grandchild in December. So I'm so, oh man, I'm going to be completely opposite of the kind of dad I was. I'm going to spoil him, ice cream, candy, parties all the time. All right. I'm so glad I didn't kill him because there was a couple of times this close, right? And uh, now that he's giving me a granddaughter, I'm very thankful I didn't kill him. Okay. Then all the way to the left there is our third son named Dylan. And then right next to him is our baby and our one and only girl. Everybody, oh, oh, yeah. And she's the favorite. Without a doubt, she's the favorite. And the boys are like, Dad, you love her the most. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good to know where you are in the order of things, right? Make life simpler, okay? So that's my, my family. I wanted to introduce them to you. And what I love about my family is just hanging out. We, we like to take trips together, do fun things together, and... Uh, a couple of years ago, I went with the, my boys and we went on a skiing trip and we were up in, in New England and uh, in Vermont, we were skiing and these guys were going fast and hitting these jumps on this slope all week. And I was trying to take it cool, you know, I'm old, all right. But then I realized that they were bragging about how fast they were going and how far they were jumping. And so I decided, well, it's the last day. So I need to let them know that old guys rule. Come on, old guys, where you at in here? Like, old guys, we like respect. All right. So I decided I was going to show him what's up. So I came down really the last run on the last day. And I hit that jump and take a look. Look at that. Boom. Come on. Y'all get the old guys some props. All right. That's some serious air. Come on. That looks good. Doesn't it? I look like in total control. What you don't know, or maybe you do know, but I forgot is that what goes up must come down. And the coming down was not as beautiful. Take a look at what happened. Ooh. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call a separated AC joint. Those two bones are supposed to be connected. But because of my crash, they were not. So that's a lot of pain right there. We've seen that enough. Take that away. I'm starting to twitch. I'm starting to sweat again. I'm reliving that moment. That was in January. Uh, uh, made it back down to Florida, went to go see an orthopedic doctor. And he says, yeah, that's a third degree. You're going to need surgery. Uh, and I said, well, I'm busy right now. He goes, well, listen, we're going to need to meet again. We were moving into our 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. He said, okay, come see me again next week. We're going to schedule surgery. So my church saw on social media what happened and they began to pray for God to heal me. And we're kicking off on Wednesday night, like your revival night, we were kicking that off our prayer and fasting with a miracle and healing service. And the closer we got to service, the better my shoulder began to feel because the church was praying for me to be healed. And by the time I stood up on the platform on Wednesday night, that happened on a, a Friday, 
and this is Wednesday the next week, my shoulder was completely healed, just like it is right now. I could just totally use it. Come on, give God some praise for that. That's awesome. Even though I wasn't praying, they were praying for me to be healed. And, you know, I still have this knot in my shoulder. The bones still stick. If you were to take an x-ray at my shoulder, it'd still look like that. So I call it my badge of courage. It reminds me of how amazing, how much courage I have. My wife calls it my badge of stupidity. And she is right about that. I should have never tried to keep up with the, with the I call them the flat bellies, the young boys, right? We got a, the dad bods. We shouldn't try to do that. Okay. And uh, what I learned in all of that is to not try to keep up with the young guys. Just let the old guys be the old guys. Just be content with being who I am. That pain taught me a great lesson. I'm never going to try to do those kind of things again. I want to talk to you today about pain. Everybody say pain. pain. Don't say it like Mr. T. Say pain. pain. I don't know where you're taking notes, but would you write this down? Not just the word pain. I want to teach you the purpose of pain. Because pain can teach us great lessons. In fact, I'm going to give you my thesis for today. And this is a great understanding for the backdrop of what we're going to talk about today. The greatest lessons in life, they're almost always taught in the classroom of suffering. You think back to your life, the lessons that you've learned. You know, the things that happen to you that shape like some values. I live my life now according to this. And where that came from was probably a moment of pain. Like, here's how I'm going to manage my finances because I went through a difficult moment and I didn't manage them right and it caused me so much pain so you live different now. Or here are the values that I live by. This is so important to me. Like if you were to list off two or three of most important values in your life, they probably came through the classroom of suffering and you said, I'm never doing that again. How many of you have a couple of those in your life? Remember, this is the raise your hand part right here. Okay. And so we don't like pain. In fact, most of our prayers, okay, if not for you, it's for me. Most of my prayers are, God, make me comfortable. This is painful. I don't like this. God, move them out of my life or, you know, fix this problem, right? But instead of praying for God to remove the pain, could there be a purpose in our pain? And I want to teach you about that today. I submit to you that there are a lot of things that we can learn about our pain. And I know that today in this auditorium and those of you that are watching online as well, that there's probably a lot of pain here today. Maybe some relational pain, some financial pain, some emotional pain. You just can't get over this loss of someone that you love so much and you feel like there's a cloud kind of hanging over you. And I recognize that pain. And this church is great at recognizing pain. You don't come here and they go, oh, it's not that big of a deal. No, well, your pain is a big deal. Imagine if I'd have showed up to the doctor with my shoulder and they said, oh, I've seen worse. It's not a big deal. I wouldn't even go back to that doctor. I would find someone that would recognize the pain that I'm in and would help me with it. And you're here today and you need to know this church recognizes your pain. And today God wants to speak to that. In fact, we're going to study a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians. And this is the apostle Paul and he's addressing not just pain, but the purpose of pain. Let's read these verses that we'll pray and study it. Paul says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, he came to torment me. So three times I pleaded, Lord, please take it away. Verse nine, but Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power 
is made perfect in weakness. So therefore, I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses because that's where Christ's power may rest on me. So for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties because when I am weak, then I am strong. Would you close your eyes? Would you open your heart to the Lord for a moment? God, today, we didn't come here to do things like we normally do on Sunday. We didn't come here today to go through the process of attending a religious ceremonial experience. We came here today to meet with you. And God, I pray that you would bring to mind the, the pain, the problems that are in our lives here today. And we would allow those things to surface so that you could speak to them. And I pray that you do that. God, help me not to get in the way. But I pray that you would speak loud and clear today and we'll leave this place different than we came. In Jesus' name, and Access Church said, amen. come on, say it with some excitement. Say it, amen. amen. So as I read this passage, it begs a couple of questions to be answered. And I think this is question, these are questions that we all have when we're dealing with pain. Here's the first question I want to answer is where does pain come from? We have to understand this, that Pain comes from a particular person or a particular place. It says back in our verse, in our, in our passage in verse seven, there was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of, who is this next person? Satan. Come on, everybody say Satan. A messenger of Satan to torment me. You need to understand something, church. And if you don't get this theology right, then you will interact with God in a bad way your whole life. Pain does not come from God. Pain comes from the devil. He is the author. He is the developer of your pain. He is the one that brings problems on your life. Why would God send his one and only son to this earth to die a horrific death and pay for all your pain to then charge you again for the pain? That's what's called double jeopardy. He would never do that. And so pain doesn't come from God. It comes from Satan. And it says that he is a messenger as well, that word messenger means one that informs or announces. I don't know about you guys, but I hate when people come up to me and they can't wait to give me some bad news. How many of you hate Debbie Downers? Yeah, when I'm in the grocery store, I try to avoid them. I see somebody from church and I can tell they just can't wait to tell me something negative and I just go like, I just try to get away from them, all right? Act like I didn't see them, you know? Don't you hate when people come out, they can't wait to criticize you. Maybe you did a project at school or a project at work and everybody, you did a good job in this one person. Well, I went into it and you think, I just about to slap you. Isn't that what you want to do? Right? That's the way the devil is. He can't wait to come and inform and announce and bring pain in your life. But here's what's interesting about the devil is it says a thorn in my flesh. A thorn is a small thing, a splinter, something insignificant but causes pain well the devil yes he wants to utterly destroy you but one of his plans is just to nag you just to aggravate you a little bit cause little problems all the time to get your eyes focused off what God is calling you to do and get you to focus on your pain imagine if a pebble was in your shoe and you were just yeah I just leave it there and you keep walking well you're going to change the walk because it's bothering your foot a little bit not that big of a deal but then eventually it'll cause pain in your knee and in your hips and everything else and that's the way the devil is just little problems all the time to nag you and aggravate you to get your eyes focused off of what God is calling you to and onto your pain so where does pain come from it comes from Satan. The second question I want to 
answer for you is, where is the target? Pain comes from the devil. And is he just going to just randomly attack you? Or does he, is he more strategic in it? I submit to you, according to this passage, he's very strategic. Back in our passage, verse 9. The Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in, here's your, your next thought, in our weakness. Does anybody in here have a weakness? Like a small weakness. Like it's so weak, it's a weak weakness. It's not even a strong one. Like how many of y'all have like a little bitty weakness? Okay. I think y'all are really incredible. Or you're just are completely deceived. And so here's what we're going to do. Okay. Everybody, listen up. This is so important. How many of you are sitting next to somebody and you know these people are loaded with weaknesses? Come on, raise your hand right now if you're sitting next to somebody who's got some major weaknesses. Okay, you guys are just deceived. That's my next point. We get into it in a moment, okay? Actually, it even works right here. Here's the thing I know about our weaknesses. You can write this down, blind spots. Because most of the time, we don't even see our weaknesses in our life. Other people see them. Other people look at them and they go, oh, man, you're making a bad decision. And they know it. You ever had a friend before? Maybe you work with her and she comes up to you and goes, oh, I found this new guy. Or maybe at your school, oh, I found this guy. He's so amazing. Oh, he's just, he's perfect. He's what I've been praying for. He's what I want. And you know that guy. And you're like, uh-uh, sister, I'm telling you, he's bad news. You know that because you know him, but they don't see it. They're like, oh, no, I'm telling you, it's the Lord. Oh, he's just perfect. A week, a month, several months later, she comes back. I can't believe he did that to me. And you're like, I could have told you. Why do you always pick these kinds of people? How many of y'all, you can relate. You know what I'm talking about. You're the same way. You have things in your life that you can't see and you're bad at picking things. You're bad at making decisions sometimes. You have weaknesses and that's where the devil's going to come at you. He sees those areas and he knows those areas. He's not going to come at you at an area where you're all fortified and going, no, I'm not doing that. He's going to come in your area of weakness. So I think the greatest thing that you and I could do when it comes to our weaknesses is to make sure we have the right people around us. That's why groups are so important in this church. They don't have groups here because they're trying to build a program. They have groups here because you need to get to a place where you can get in a room with people and you can take off the mask and they can go, hey, I see the real you. In fact, I already saw it. So it's a good thing that you let me talk about it because you'll be better with them than you are without them. I'm from Louisiana. Anybody in here from Louisiana? Any? We, one long sister right here. We got, a, we got somebody else over here? Yes, people of God right here. Okay. Oh, another Louisiana. Well, we're taking over the world. Okay, there is a place in Louisiana. It's the loneliest bayou in Louisiana. It's called Bayou Self. I'm telling you, you don't want to live there. Because you have weaknesses. Now, why would you and I continue to live in our weaknesses the way that we do, it's because of the second target area. Write this down. It's our pride. Yes, you have pride. Because Paul said to keep me from becoming conceited. In other words, there are areas in our life where we feel like we got this. Like, no, I'm okay. I can handle this on my own. And as Christians, we live by this motto, fake it to you. 
That's terrible theology, Access Church. There's nothing biblical that supports faking it till you make it. That's pride. And as long as you're living with pride, the Bible says God opposes the proud, meaning he turns away from the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The pain that you're in right now, the greatest obstacle to overcoming that might just be your pride. What if you chose to take the mask off and to be real with people? You need friends like that. You need the kind of friends in your life that are like the people, if you're at a restaurant and you're eating and then you get some like, you got a piece of pepper or something in your teeth. And they're the kind of people that go, bro, you need to get that out of your tooth right there. You know, the kind of friends that don't tell you. And then later on you get in your car and you look in the mirror and you see it and you go, why didn't they tell me? That's not your friend, by the way, just so you know. I mean, it's okay to be an acquaintance, but that's not your real friend. A real friend's not going to let you walk around with a booger or something in your teeth. They're going to tell you. How many of you have some real friends? How many of you just discovered some of the people you thought were your friends are not your friends? Okay. But we, because of our pride, we have to be willing to allow people into our lives. Quit faking it till you make it. Because as long as you're faking it, you're never going to make it. And the devil's going to just keep coming at you in that area. And so I want to encourage you, please don't try to live life this way. So that's where the devil is coming after you. So I want you to write this down. This is so important because a lot of times in life, we, we miss this point. And we think that we are the ones that are going through trouble and other people are not. But write this down, pain happens. But write down, pain happens to everyone. You know, because you look at other people and you go, oh man, if my family was like that or if our finances were like that or whatever it is, well, you don't know what they've gone through to get to where they are or you don't know what they're going through right now and it looks like everything's okay, but it isn't. But other people are going through pain too and the devil would want you to believe, oh, it's just you and nobody understands. That is a lie from the devil who's the author of your pain to isolate you so you can keep living with your pain. And then you see pastors up here and you go, well, what do you know about pain? You're a professional Christian. We pay you to be good. And you see your pastors and they stand up here and they're preaching the word of God. And you go, oh, man, if my life could just be like theirs. You don't know what they're going through. But I can promise you, we don't get to just stand up here and preach without first the word working in us. By the way, pray for your pastors all the time because the devil wants to go after them. For sure, because if he gets them, then he messes up all of you. So pray for them, okay? But realize that there is no such thing as someone who doesn't go through pain. In fact, I showed you our wedding picture earlier. And a wedding day, well, that should be like one of the greatest days of the year, or at least of whoever's getting married. It's their greatest day of their life, besides Jesus, right? That happened a year ago, that wedding. And that day was, without a doubt, the hardest day of the year, maybe even my life. Because as I was doing the, I had the honor of doing the ceremony. Wedding was on a Saturday night. Well, it was during a lot of turmoil in our country just a year ago. And there were people threatening to come. They were going to riot the church on Sunday morning and burn it down. And it was, it was a lot going on. And I uh, was on the phone with executive pastor, leader at our church and, and, and an attorney trying to figure out what we're going to do because the national media was about to do a story on our church and people were online threatening, as I said, to come burn it down. Well, it's wedding time. It's go time. And 
I have to walk down the aisle and then get up there and then do the ceremony. And I'm on the phone with our attorney and with our executive pastor. And they're like, what are we going to say? The media is running this. What do we do? How do we handle all of this stuff? And I said, I'm sorry. I have to go. It's time for me to walk down the aisle and do the ceremony. So I walk down the aisle and I stand up there smiling. Oh, we're gathered today in the sight of all these amazing people. It's awesome. It's what a great day. And inside, I'm dealing with so much pain. I didn't know if the church would still be there. They were going to burn it down or whatever. It was terrible. So it doesn't matter when you see other people, what you think is going on in their lives. I'm just telling you this so you understand everybody goes through pain. So what I really want to help you with today is to help you understand then what's the purpose? What can I learn through all of this stuff? I, I get it. Pain, it comes from the devil. I'm not going to blame God for this. Jesus already paid the price for our pain and our penalty of things. So it didn't come from God. It's already been paid for, right? And he's going to attack me in my areas of weakness, areas where I'm very susceptible to doing something dumb. And my pride's going to keep me from letting people in. And the devil's going to lie to me and make me think that I'm the only one going through this. So what can I learn? What is the purpose of all of this pain? I'm going to go back to our passage and I want to read it. And I want to draw attention to something so that you can learn what the purpose of pain is. Second Corinthians 12, we're going to read verses eight through 10. Paul says, look, God, three times I pleaded, Lord, please take it away. But the Lord said to me, my grace, it is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect when you're weak. He says, I'm going to boast all the more about my weaknesses. Notice in the middle of this passage, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why in the middle of all my pain, I take delight in all these weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties because it's in those moments when I'm weak that God can show himself strong. Here's the purpose of pain, that in the middle of your pain, that's where you have the chance to see God doing his greatest work. See, when you get to the end of yourself, that's where God can begin. I'll never forget this opportunity I had with our church, we do a lot of missions work in Zimbabwe and Africa. We sponsor lots of kids. We started churches, all kinds of things. And I went a few years ago to Africa there to Zimbabwe. And we went on this safari where you get to go to this. We, we were able to go to this one, uh, like a rehab where they rehab lions. That something happens to them and they rehabilitate them, get them ready and then release them back into the wild. And so they were going to release this lion into this wild. And they said, do you want to go with us when we do it? And we're going to let you walk out in the safari, in the, in the wilderness, in the bush with this lion. And I'm like, is that safe to do? I mean, you're going to, this is a real lion. It's not like something in a cage and tame and they like, you know, giving him chicken noodle soup. Like this thing is, is like a wild, like lion. And they said, no, it, it'll be okay. Listen, we just, we just need to tell you as you're walking with the lion that there's two, two very important things you need to know. Don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid. Well, I mean, I don't know how to not be afraid. This thing could kill me, right? But don't, they sense fear. It's like, well, this dude's going to sense fear. I'm just telling you right now. I'm scared thinking about it. So you, can't, you can't show fear. And whatever you do, no matter how afraid you get, don't run. Well, I don't know about you, but when I'm scared, I want to run. But you can't do that. So I, somehow they talked me into doing it. So we walking out into the bush and we're walking and the lion's right there with me. And then we get to this tree and he jumps up in this tree. Look at this picture. Somebody took a picture of it. Look at this. 
Okay, this is really dangerous because this lion, I'm just a couple of feet away from it. And I'm at a very vulnerable spot where this thing could jump right on me and pounce me. I got fear oh, going crazy and I'm wanting to run like I can see myself running and outrunning the lion. But the trainer's voice, don't run, is just echoing loudly in my mind. And all I can focus on is the thing that could kill me. Look at my attention. Where is it? It's on the lion. But notice something else. Where is the attention of the lion? It's not on me. It's almost as if the lion is just looking out into, you know, into the wilderness or into the the, the bush there, but it's not. The lion is focused on something that you can't really see. However, it just so happens we captured it in this photo. If you look to the bottom right of the photo, you see the shadow of a person. And that person is the trainer, which also has a gun on his shoulder with a tranquilizer dart. If something were to go wrong, we could put that thing to sleep. I could get out of there and they could, and would, they could let him go. What's interesting in all of this is that I'm in the presence of something that could destroy me. But what is in the presence of us also is something that is bigger than the thing that could destroy me. And that is the trainer. And the thing that is greater than the lion is also there. The problem with our pain a lot of times is we're so focused on the pain, just like I'm focused on the lion, that you can't really see that God's grace is there to be sufficient. And you can't really see that his power is ready to be made perfect in your weakness. He's ready to rest on you in that moment because we're so focused on our problem, we don't see that God is there with us. And so the purpose of your pain, which comes from the devil, is in the middle of all this for God to say, hey, I need you just to back up a little bit. I need you to zoom out a little bit and see that I'm really right there. And even though the devil is described in the Bible as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, we know that he is the king of the jungle. We also know that there is a king of kings and there is a Lord of lords that is greater than even the problem that you're facing. And you would never see the fullness of this power of God unless you found yourself in a moment where you were in so much pain that you had to turn your attention to God. So could it be right now, Access Church, that the pain that you're facing, if you could just kind of push off the attention from that and get your eyes on God right now and watch him infuse power in your life to overcome in Jesus' name. I need you to do me a favor. Would you close your eyes? I don't want anybody looking around or focusing on anything else right now, except actually your pain. I actually want you to get your attention on that because then I'm gonna get you to zoom out a little bit and I'm here to tell you that God is speaking to you in the midst of your pain, saying, daughter, hey, son, here I am. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And that the pain that you're in, my grace, sufficient. It doesn't mean equal to. It means immeasurably more than is sufficient for you. And even though you don't have the power to overcome this, my power rests on you in this. That's what I need you to see, Access Church. And there's some of you here that have some amazing pain in your life. And you need to know that today, God's ready to heal that. Just as my shoulder was healed today, some of you are gonna leave this place physically healed, emotionally healed, financially healed, relationally healed. I don't know what your pain is. 
But here's what I'd like for you to do. If you have pain and you need his power to rest on you right now, I want you to lift both your hands up. You don't need to be looking around. I need you focused on God. This is about you and him. This is an opportunity for your pain to be replaced with his presence. Because that's you, that's right. Just lift your hand up. Now, Father, I just pray for these amazing men and women. I pray that you deliver them and that you set them free. And I thank you, God, that no devil in hell is big enough to keep your presence away from their lives. So I pray for them that they would focus a little bit. They would zoom out a little bit. And instead of focusing on the problem, they'd see how big you really are. God, let your power just infuse their lives right now. Heal bodies in Jesus' name. Deliver people's emotions and difficulties. Financially, in Jesus' name, God, restore. Be enough. Keep your eyes closed, please, for a moment. I, I felt like right before I came up here, and I, I, I just want to be obedient to this, that somebody had a financial something that happened, and, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I hope this amount is right. But something just happened, and like you just found out that you needed $1,000 for something. Like, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know if you just had a medical bill. I don't know if something happened with a house. I don't know what it is, but it was clearly, it was $1,000. And I don't know what it is that's happening in your life. If that's you, lift your hands up to the Lord right now. Like that exact number was what God put in my heart. Yes, okay, it doesn't matter who it is. You guys don't need to look around there. So a few people with their hands up. Father, I pray right now, your grace is sufficient. The need is met in Jesus' name. I thank you for supplying God, their bank account is not their source. Their employer is not their source. You are their source. God, provide it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, keep your eyes closed. There's one more person I want to pray for. There's somebody else here. There's something, there's like a, you have a headache, like really bad, but it's, I don't even think it's, it's not a migraine, something related. I think somebody had an accident. Something happened, you, some, something just recently, or maybe something's re-triggered it. And you like, is a pain in your head. It's on, I think it's on your right side. If that's you, I need you to lift your hands up. If that's you. Okay, here's a couple of people raising their hand. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Father, I pray for healing. Pain be gone. Tension in this mind to be gone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for bringing peace. This is not a mental thing, though. This is like a physical pain. Bring healing right now, God. Do surgery. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Your grace is sufficient. Thank you, Father. Amen. Now, real quick, maybe there's some of you in here. And for you, uh, the, the real pain associated with your life is your relationship or your lack thereof with Jesus. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about joining a church, although you need to be a part of this church. Or if you're from somewhere else, find a church like this. That's where your faith has grown. But salvation comes from relationship with Jesus, simply meaning I recognize what he did on the cross. He did that for me and surrendering your life to that, like saying, OK, God, I believe you did that. That's one thing. But God, I'm going to follow you. That's like letting him be number one in your life. Like he's the shot caller. Maybe you've never done that. Or maybe you have and somehow you've drifted and you need to re-up that today. That's you quickly, wherever you are, lift your hand and say, Pastor, I'm going to be included in this prayer. That's right. There you go. Praise God. People are coming home to the Lord today. Welcome home in Jesus name. Okay. We're all going to pray this prayer. Would you pray it with me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. You love me so much. You gave up your relationship with your son 
so you can have a relationship with me. That is a great love. And I recognize it. And today I respond to it. Thank you, Jesus. You made the way for me to be in right relationship with Heavenly Father. On the cross, you took my sin, you paid my debt so that I wouldn't have to pay it. So I receive today forgiveness, healing, all of it, what you did for me on the cross. So I believe in my heart, I declare with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we praise God for what he just did? Yes.